0: Welcome to Best in Fest. I'm Leslie Lepage, the director of the La Femme International Film Festival, and this is a podcast for people who are interested in advancing their career in TV and film and learning the dirty little secrets of Hollywood. And today I'm super happy to have a wonderful hybrid uh, entertainment professional called Sean Michael Bayer. He is awesome. Um, he is a true jack-of-all-trades. He's a filmmaker, producer, writer, editor, graphic artist, actor, musician. Oh my gosh, the list goes on. Uh, he co-wrote and directed Poor Paul, inspired by the uh, his web series in 2008 and eight and nine. Then he also has uh, directed and co-wrote Randy's Canvas, this romantic drama with uh, scout Taylor Compton. He has another film called Another Tango with Brant Daggerty. He has Down the PCH starring Lynn Shay and uh, Elaine Hendricks, who is fabulous. Uh, and then my favorite, which you've got to tell me about this, um, working with this particular actress, uh, Resurrection Mary with a Golden Globe winner and wait 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 and hold oh, wait for it wait for it Academy Nom Sally Kirkland and he's oh, yeah. yeah and he's got in development Romeo and Juliet Rocky and James um, this action packed romantic drama and last of all he's a podcast dude so he has this wonderful yes. com- <laughs> comedy podcast called National Day Riff we're gonna talk about all of this welcome.
1: Gosh, I feel so... Um, inspired. Um, inspired, uh, yeah. Something like that. That's funny. You you mentioned uh, uh, Sally Kirkland. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Sally is, I mean, Sally is an amazing actress, right? Uh, actor. Um, but to say that she's eccentric would be an understatement.
0: Understatement.
1: Uh, and, and, and she's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I mean... She she flirts with eighteen year old guys. Mm-hmm. I it, I just I and it's so it's so charming because she's harmless. She's not right you know. right. And I've been to her apartment in West Hollywood,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I have never seen more self portraits mm-hmm. of a human being than I have at her place. P- painting after painting, and they're just stacked up against the wall, right. on the wall, right. um, on tables. Right. I mean, it's 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 hilarious. It's, but she's great to work with. I mean, she she is you know such a such a good. You know, just good
0: presence in a a film. Well, for anyone listening in, um, if you've seen The Sting, the classic, beautiful um, movie, The Sting, she's the hot stripper uh, that, you know, uh, goes out on a date with Robert Redford or tries to and is disappointed and he buys her off with some champagne and some flowers. And that's who Sally Kirkland is. But she's had a huge uh, career. How is that working when you... Um, you know, did one of these first films uh, with her? How did you, how did you come up with the idea of Resurrection Mary? How did that, because um, it was your second film, I should say. Uh, sure. H- how was that experience coming out of uh, uh, where you came? Well, from? my
1: first, my first film was a was a micro budget. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we we did the entire film, including close. For, you know, $40,000. It's crazy. So, uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and that was like the early days mm-hmm. of of shooting on HD. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, all my previous stuff had been on 16 millimeter film, 35 millimeter film. I right. had you know, never been shot, you know, music videos and things. Right. Um, so that was, it, that was exciting to be able to do, to have a little bit more money to work with a full crew. Um, and, uh, so that was, that was exciting. I, I had worked with celebrities before. I, mm-hmm. I started out doing a lot of work when I got to LA uh, in the early '90s as a stand-in, mm-hmm. and I worked with, you know, I worked with John Candy, I worked with uh, Bruce Willis, right. I worked with uh, David Hasselhoff oh, on wow. Baywatch. I actually had a little, I had a little scene with with the Hoff, uh, and he was great. He was he was he was a really nice nice man to work with. Um, and so I I worked with people like that. So I wasn't mm-hmm. ever intimidated, mm-hmm. and I you know I. Uh, you know, when I first met Sally, I mean, she was just so warm and friendly right. and, you know, it took her, it took her two weeks to remember my name, but uh, <laughs> that's, oh, and by the way, just for, for a correction, it's Shawn Michael Byer. Oh, like, I'm sorry. Uh, like, I'd buy a clothing. That's okay. That's okay. You're not the first and you won't be the last. It's my, it's my grandfather's uh, side of the family that uh, didn't know how to pronounce their name, by the way, the spelling. But anyway, yeah, Sally was Sally was great. She she's very much about wanting to understand the character motivations. It's beyond you know you could tell this is someone that looks at a script beyond just being you know words on a page, and that's something that I really respect when actors you know take the material and really analyze it and develop a character from that. Mm-hmm. And, and she's one of those people that has a, a marked up script, like all these kind of little scribbles and things that help her. Find the character right and that made it just a great experience and she uh, she was just she was just so professional and crazy, mm-hmm. but so professional and and such such a joy to work with, and such a great performance, so emotional and, mm-hmm. and so many different levels of her performance, just for this little independent film and i you know i 'm very grateful
0: well, from that film, you moved up, you know taking a big leap forward <laughs> into your next film let 's talk about. How you got inspired to write and direct that next film after that and and how you started you know being this hybrid uh, the writer, director, the producer, uh, you know securing distribution, you know all this came out of necessity uh, for you learning oh, learning yeah, these well
1: my mantra is is you can't wait for it to happen, you have to make it happen mm-hmm you can't sit around and expect somebody to call you. you know, they're not going to. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so my my next film, which I didn't think would be my next film, but you never know what's going to happen when. Right. You know, I wrote I wrote the original script for Randy's Canvas um, <clears throat> when we were doing post on my first film. Down mm-hmm. with PCH. Mm-hmm. I was I I began writing that, and we had opportunities in various years for it to happen, but it didn't. You know, it took ten years to get it. Uh, to get it made, mm-hmm. um, and we really wanted to champion a, a, a positive story about a kid with autism, mm-hmm. and not a downer. It's not Rain Man, who's you know he's a savant, but he's you know he can't fit into society necessarily. Whereas Randy, right. even though he has some social anxiety, he uh, can live a fruitful, profitable, successful life, mm-hmm. and that was something that was important when we were developing that and. Uh, my lead actor Adam Car- Carbone uh, really took the time to study autism mm-hmm. so that he was delivering an authentic performance. We 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 both talked with uh, kids with autism, their mm-hmm. parents, mm-hmm. Um, their 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 doctors, their therapists, mm-hmm. or whoever they. We we really analyzed what it's like to have a, a child mm-hmm. with autism and and their you know their trials and tribulations mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. Um. And I think that really made for a better movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it certainly benefited, you know, Adam's performance because we won awards for his performance in, in festivals.
2: Right, and
1: we just wanted the, uh, you know, the, the authenticity. We also. Made a point of having kids with autism work on the film.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, some had bit, bit roles, you know, just you know, a couple of lines. Right. Uh, this one, this one boy worked worked on the film every day mm-hmm. as an onset consultant.
0: Nice. He had autism. Uh huh.
1: Yes, and and I've told this story a thousand times, but there was um, uh, a few days into production, and we were shooting this simple little. Everybody knows what B roll is. Just yeah. a little cutaway scene of yeah. Randy of Randy mopping the floor. Mm-hmm. Simple scene, no dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, but it had to be shot, right? And I said to this boy CJ, who, who was our consultant, I said, "Do you want to direct this scene?"
2: Ooh.
0: And
1: he goes, oh, I, "I can't, I can't, do, I, I'm not qualified." I said, "If I say you're qualified, you're qualified." I didn't say a word to the crew, right? And so we we get ready to go, and I'm like, "When I nod to you, you call action, and then and then you call cut." And he was, you could see him like, "Okay, okay." <laughs> so roll camera, they marked it, and I look at him, and he's like. Action, and mm-hmm. then Adam does his thing in the scene, and then I land I'm like, and he goes cut, and he was, and then the crew just burst into applause, mm-hmm. and you could just see him beaming with with excitement, and his parents emailed us uh, a few days later, right, and they said we haven't seen him smile like that in a year. Wow, and he was so just, they said his self self esteem went through the roof, right. and you know I like I said I've told this story many times, but. I, it just warms my heart that that it made him so happy mm-hmm. and made him feel important,
0: mm-hmm. and he hadn't
1: felt that in a long time. Right. So that was a long-winded answer to your uh, asking. That's, okay. That's okay. That's um, uh, okay.
0: But but now, how did you get inspired by this? Do you have autism in your family? Do you have because you know a lot of what's happening now culturally in the world, but also in entertainment, is they're saying, "Oh, we only want." authentic stories, right? Authentic stories from authentic people, meaning, you know, if you are a a person of color, they want that expressed in that movie that you're writing about, not something completely different. So how do you, I guess, defend or justify or, (laughs) or, you know, say, listen, art is art. Um, And authentic means authentic on the screen, not necessarily having that in your experience
1: right i i i have a problem with the oversensitive hollywood right Mm -hmm. now uh Mm -hmm. it's acting Mm -hmm. and how many heterosexual men have played gay roles and vice versa Mm -hmm. you're an actor that's your job um I, i mean i'm certainly all for diversity yes with within but not going so far as to be the opposite that a, that a white person can't even get a job mm-hmm. i mean let's let's keep a let's keep it balanced it should have been balanced many years ago that said it is what it is and it's it's gonna it'll mellow out it, it it's it's going to be even i think people should be recognized for their for their accomplishment
2: mm-hmm.
1: not for their ethnicity not for their their hardship whatever it is you do a good job you should be recognized for it mm-hmm. um not just in with awards but in box office and, and so on mm-hmm. Um, with with Randy's canvas, an actor friend of mine said to me, "I'd love to do a comedy with a kid with with autism." Mm-hmm. That's all he said. Okay. And and I'm like, well, that's not much to go on. That's not that's not even a premise. That's just. something. <laughs> but so I, I, I was inspired, and so my story began with you know you know Randy is uh, an, an artist. Uh-huh. He paints abstract and and figurative, and he. Broke out of his shell mm-hmm. and 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 wanted to to you know have more more to his life, and that was the the, the start of the story. Mm-hmm. And it, it evolved over the years. I, I brought in another writer friend of mine, and we just researched autism very carefully. Mm-hmm. We wanted to be you know authentic, even though none of us. Per, I mean, I probably have some form of autism and attention deficit or disorder. <laughs> well, that one I know, um, but. Uh, What's your name? What's your name again? <laughs> um, but we, we we really wanted the, the authenticity was important, and that's why we did so much research right. and talked with so many people. and And uh, the film's profits benefit autism charity, so it's a nonprofit film as well, mm-hmm. which was also important to sort of give back and and right. uh, and shed some positive light on that. It's not a, a you know some kids will have to live with their parents all of their lives, or, mm-hmm. or in, a, in a scenario. But others can marry, fall in love, Mm -hmm. have relationships, have good jobs. Mm -hmm. And that's what we wanted to show, that there is a way, you know, there's a positive aspect Mm -hmm. to to it. Plus, some of these kids are brilliant,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: like hyper brilliant. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. Mm -hmm. So, um, and uh, it was just, it was an overall great experience.
0: And you got a lot of awards off of it, you know.
1: It did, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we
1: we, the the best award, sorry to interrupt, the best award for it was the Autism Society, which is a subsidiary of Autism Speaks, the big the big charity, charity, Uh, Autism Speaks did endorse the film um, and and their L.A. local chapter, uh, one of the uh, the presidents, uh, she opened the film when we, when we premiered it at, you know, announcing distribution and all that, which was great. Right. But, uh, the autism society was, uh, sponsored by Ed Asner's family.
0: Oh, right. uh,
1: his son, his son, Matt, mm-hmm. his oldest boy is, has autism. Mm-hmm. And so they had this film festival. I don't think they have it anymore, unfortunately, but they had it over several years. And, uh, we were, you know, one of the films in 2018, I believe.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, we were up against studio films. I mean, Transformers was in the festival, and uh, various right. television projects.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And um, you know, we were just excited to be included. Didn't take sure. much. Yeah, of it sure. There. And on the on the on the closing night, um, Ed Asner was there. Other celebrities were there. Uh, Ed was great to meet. He's so funny.
0: And uh,
1: what a loss. Yes. I mean, he was. He wasn't a young man, but but he was he was such a. It's such an icon. I mean, Lou Grant. I yeah, know. I mean,
0: come on. Yeah. <laughs> For anyone who hasn't yeah. so seen any... Lou Grant, that's watching, see Lou Grant.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, and he actually, and he shot a Christmas movie in my hometown of Grass Valley, which is in Northern California. He shot a movie. I didn't work on it. But uh-huh. He shot a movie up there. So, right. but uh, anyway, I got to got to know his son Matt very well. Nice, very nice man. And so we were we we're at the uh, award ceremony, and we were just there to support the festival, mm-hmm. and and. Uh, and then they said okay you know we're going to give some of the the indie awards you know they they acknowledge sony pictures for what they've done and all right. that sort of stuff and then they said all right so now best picture and he's like Randy We're like what what <laughs> best picture against all these studio that's us, films that's us. okay <laughs> i was like wow all right so he, he says we do all these things out of order sorry it's not the oscars we're mm-hmm. like hey it doesn't matter so uh, adam the lead actor and i go up and accept the award on the on the little thing they had mm-hmm. and then uh, a few minutes later he's going to the actors and they go best actor Adam Carbone Randy's cam is like what wow. Adam was at the bar getting a glass of wine I'm like Adam, wow. to- <laughs> 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 so that was that that was probably the most prestigious festival in my career I've never been to Sundance mm-hmm. or anything like that unfortunately but um someday soon someday soon but um that was that meant a great deal to me to mm-hmm. to win the, that award, and and then there's you know Ed, Ed Asner handing Adam the award for mm-hmm. best actor that that was a great photo op that was mm-hmm. very exciting so
0: well out of that you got distribution so so how was that did did you then bring in a sales agent what was that experience on on now coming off of this huge high right and then securing distribution after that
1: we we had actually already secured uh, distribution at that point mm. shortly before actually but right. uh okay yeah th- this uh Woman is a a bit of a sales broker, I Mm -hmm. guess. Not Mm -hmm. really a sales agent, but similar. In she loved the film, championed it, and she presented it to some various distribution options. And we ended up going with Vision Films. Um, They they are small potatoes, dare I say, but uh, they really did champion the film. uh, Brought in a great uh, PR firm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Adam and I and the other cast members did quite a bit of interviews and Mm -hmm. and media with it. So the one downside is I think people, uh, especially foreign, thought the film was a downer. They didn't realize Mm -hmm. that it was an uplifting romantic drama. Mm -hmm. And we feel that maybe promoting the autism worked against us unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And we're thinking of doing a rebranding of selling the love story and Mm -hmm. then he just happens to have autism. It's too bad because not all autism stories are downers. They can be very positive. Sure. This one is. This is this is a feel-good, tug on your heartstrings movie that uh, got very good, you know, feedback and reviews and all
0: that. But it is what it is. So that's interesting that you bring that up because I think a lot of filmmakers that get distribution with, um, you know, established uh, distribution companies like Vision Films, but they don't quite know how to vocalize or maybe even to suggest, hey, you know, here's here's a path that maybe the film should take more promotion along this path or having two paths, you know, one that's really highlighting that romantic comedy that happens to be with these characters and one that maybe highlights that, that autism track. Uh, how would you... Right. I guess do it differently or how would you in the future, if you had some sort of um, suggestion, how would you work with your distribution company in communicating that to the kind biggest, of help out those people that yeah. are listening in? going, what? The,
1: the, the, the biggest obstacle in making a film is first getting it in a can. Obviously uh-huh. that's the, that usually the highest cost. But if you look at the studio film model, they spend oftentimes as much as the production itself costs on promotion.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that is the hardest thing to accomplish in an independent film is getting it, getting eyes on the film mm-hmm. because yes, you can have it on Amazon prime, wherever all these streaming platforms, you always hope for some sort of a theatrical release, but getting people to see the movie is the, is the hardest part. And these smaller distributors and certainly independent filmmakers don't have the deep pockets necessary to promote, but that's what you have to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's how your films get seen. And my other films have not had the the notoriety that I certainly feel that they, they deserve mm-hmm. because of that factor. Um, although sometimes there's always those wonderful stories that somebody's third, fourth film takes off and people start watching the, the older ones.
0: Right. And they'll right.
1: sort of get that cult following. And that's, you know, my, my new film, Poor Paul, uh, which is very much different than some of my previous films. Uh-huh. Uh, it's an action adventure, romantic comedy, all over uh, over the top movie, a lot of fun. Right. Uh, it's a very, very enjoyable romp, mm-hmm. as I said.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: uh, we, my executive producers and myself, are not gonna just take any distribution deal that comes to us. Mm-hmm. We need to know that it's going to be promoted properly. Mm-hmm. It deserves it. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get your film scene is—it it has to be promoted. You can't just expect people to find a film. The the odds of something going viral are infinitesimal. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen.
0: It's lightning in a bottle. It's
1: got to be promoted. It's it's got to be promoted. You've got to get your cast talking about it. Mm-hmm. I I'm not a fan of casting a social media influencer because they have a million followers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. They're probably not a good actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, Ashton Kutcher is yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he was an actor before he was, before he was a social media influencer. But I mean, the the, the mindset of, of of casting and producers, of hiring an an influencer
2: mm-hmm.
1: in a cameo role or something like that—that's different, right? That's fine, right? But it, to, to put an inexperienced actor into a lead role uh, is going to cost the production money, anyways. Mm-hmm. Then, if they don't, you know, as you were saying before. You know, before we rolled uh, about people in Hollywood that don't know what they're doing. Oh my god! That's a, a prime example. But but the reason they're doing it is because they don't want to spend any money on promotion. They want to let this person who has a million followers right. or more do the work for them
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and promote. Mm-hmm. Don't don't produce so much garbage. Mm-hmm. And it's I mean it's it's all it all changes with the times. But re- remember when a movie would play in the theater for a year. Yeah, That doesn't happen anymore.
0: No, of course not.
1: It's, I mean, in my hometown, E.T. was in my hometown movie theater for one year. And they changed the marquee to say E.T. can't go home, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. But it's, it's nurture product, yeah. good product. Right. And just because you have a DSLR doesn't mean you, you're a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. It, it takes talent. It takes skill. It, it takes preparation. It takes good material,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and and we're flooded with bad material, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately. And then the, the the gems out there, and of course we all are biased to our own project. Sure. But the gems out there don't necessarily get the light of day that they deserve because there's so much material. Right. And if you can take a project, put some money into it to promote it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: promote it properly. It will get seen, and that's again, that's the biggest the biggest issue. My best advice, although it's hard for me to follow my own advice, uh-huh. is when you raise money for a film, set aside a good chunk of money right. for P- PR, even before you have distribution. Right. If you can hire a publicist, um, uh, Deborah is very good. Mm-hmm. Hire a publicist that can get you, get you, get you out there. Get the interviews. Get get on the smaller talk shows. Whatever it is, get out there talking about your movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's, that's so important.
0: Yeah. And segueing that into, you know, return on your investment, which is getting people to purchase rent, you know, see, view that film. So learning, you know, this was something that you learned along, along the way, right? So that now you're at, you know, your fourth film and, and you're looking at, okay, now I know how I want to work with the distributor. Now I know that I have to be more of a stickler on on how they're going to sell it, you know what the approach is that they're going to utilize. So, knowing that, how can you maybe take a little bit of that information in the front end when you're actually writing your scripts? Are you looking at just writing from your passion, something that inspires you, or are you really looking at trends and uh, you know your pocket of expertise uh
1: i do approach a, a new material with the aspect of it is show business mm-hmm. uh, i have no interest in making a vanity film i, I have uh, dare i say friends and colleagues in the industry that only care about how good the movie is if it makes any money back they don't care well mm-hmm. if my movie doesn't make any money back i don't get to make another movie
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and that, that is very, very important to me. is It's not just the financial success or the, the vanity success. It's, it's business.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and, and a successful film leads to another successful film. And so it's, I look at it that way. Is this a viable concept? Mm-hmm. You know, I still like to – in a perfect world, I just make movies and, and walk away. Sure. Yeah, and that would be wonderful. But I have to be responsible to my investors and make sure that they do get their return and then some right and uh, and and that's very important to me that the, the film does make its money back uh, because people believe in in you and and uh certainly entertainment is a very high risk endeavor we all know that mm-hmm. but it's also incredibly rewarding when when something does does take off and <clears throat> so i i want to make sure that we tell good stories
2: mm-hmm.
1: if, if you don't have a good script there's no point in making a movie i don't mm-hmm. care who you have in your movie if the story isn't good if, if, if the audience doesn't care about the characters and going on their journey, then there's no point in doing it. Right. And, and unfortunately, there are weak scripts, but there's enough money behind them that an A or B list actor will sign on because it's a paycheck. Right. And the film isn't every. no matter how good the actor is, if it's not good material, what's the point of making it? Right. I would like to say that my material is good. I mm-hmm. you know, Again, I'm biased to my own my own thing, but I think if you really take your time to make good, you know, scripts. And none of my films, my, I, I take that back. My first film happened quickly. But most of the time, it's been 10 years in the making right. to get it. Uh, poor Paul, my, my current film that we just shot last summer, um, orig- uh, we wrote the original script in 2012, I mm-hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. I think our first, our first Writers Guild registration was in January 2013. And so it <laughs> took us until 2021 to, to get it made. Right. But, but then the script was was so much better mm-hmm. because of it because we right. kept revising it and tweaking right, it and right. finding those little moments so that's that's what's in,
2: important.
0: No, it's funny that you say that it takes, you know, it, it took you 10 years on on most of your projects to get them made. I think a lot of young writers out there, filmmakers out there just don't have that concept. They think I'm going to write it it's going to win an award somewhere at some festival. Someone's going to come to me and say, Oh my gosh, you're the best thing since sliced bread. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I want you. And here's like a million bucks. Go make your thing. And that just doesn't happen that way.
1: No, no, it's, it's the same. It's the same thing with, with, uh, aspiring actors that live outside of LA or New York. Uh-huh. And, and they'll, they'll, they'll reach out to me. And I, I you know, dare I say, if you reach out to me unsolicited, I don't feel obligated to respond.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If, if, I'm sorry, I, I get enough contact, but but they'll be like, if you'll just fly me out, I'll do an amazing job. It's like, well, I don't know how good you are. You, could, you might audition okay, mm-hmm. but I've got actors down the street from me that don't cost me anything right. to get out here, and they can work as a local hire. They mm-hmm. don't need a hotel. Um, I'm sorry, but... Get your butt out to LA. Right. if You want to work,
0: right? Um, and it's hard work. And,
1: and once you're, and once you're, <laughs> it's hard work. Yes. Once you're established, I told people once you once you get your feet on the ground and and get some experience and take some acting classes because mm-hmm. it is a profession. Mm-hmm. It, you, just because you think you're just because you're funny at, at Thanksgiving dinner doesn't mean you're a good actor.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, study your craft. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so important. And but get get out where the where movies happen. Certainly movies happen in every state
2: mm-hmm.
1: at some point, but that's not what the industry is. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think I would live in LA if it weren't for the industry. I love LA, it's, it's been my home for many, you know, half my life. Right. I don't know if I would necessarily live here if it weren't for the industry. It's very expensive. Super um, expensive, but yeah. Get, yeah, but get, get yourself out where things happen, mm-hmm. get yourself established. And as a writer, as a, an aspiring director, it isn't going to happen instantly unless your family is incredibly wealthy and they'll just fund a project. But you know what? It might be better that it doesn't mm-hmm. because then the project is better.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. You take the time to, to hone that script. I had a film I produced and uh, the director was like, it's, it's ready to go. I'm like, no, it's not.
0: No. <laughs> right. No. It's hard to have that conversation saying, no, it's not. Because you know it's not and you don't want to crush their bubble, but you have to get them to step up and i didn't i didn't want to step on his toes but i'm like
1: it needs a little more you know don't be so arrogant to think that your, your words are perfect mm-hmm. uh, because they might not be and you know i get you know harsh feedback on my material yeah. but as much as it stings at first the next morning when you after you cried yourself to sleep the next morning right. you you're happy that you got this feedback you're like you know what that's great right and and we we just you know we're about about to lock a picture on my phone poor paul that i mentioned and we just did a feedback screening about a month ago. Mm-hmm. And those are that's like standing up there naked and saying, Hey, what do you think? Right. Uh, because you're exposing your your unfinished film, it's not been color corrected, right. it's not been sound the sound mix isn't done. Right. And so you're up there in a very vulnerable state, saying, Tell me what you think. Right. And Surprisingly, we got quite positive feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly some crit- criticism, which is which is fantastic mm-hmm. and very helpful. But it's, it's hard as a filmmaker. You have to really, really put your humil- humility hat on right. uh, in, those, in those scenarios. But it's necessary. Don't think your work is perfect. Let others right. feed, give you feedback. Get feedback from people that you trust. You don't mm-hmm. want to get feedback from people that have no idea what they're talking about. Right. Um, or the people that are just going to blow smoke and say, "Oh, it's amazing! Right. Good job! Right. You made a script. Right. You, you you produced a script, or you wrote a script. Get feedback.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Get input from people uh, that know what they're talking about. Right. I, you know, my my very first short film, which played festivals all over the world, I was mm-hmm. so thrilled. Mm-hmm. But I surrounded myself with people that knew way more than me, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad that I did. I still I still wasted money and didn't, you know, I self produced right. it. Right. But if I hadn't had those people. That that knew more than me. I don't think it would have been anywhere near as good as it was because they challenged me. Like no, that no no, Sean no
0: no. Right. And I get, you
1: get frustrated. Your ego kicks in. But sure. then you listen to these people, and then you have a good product because of it.
0: Right. Yeah. I think it's it's really checking the ego at the door. I mean, and oh. all writers, even me. You know, when I get that set of notes back from five people I've sent my the script out to, you know, when I get that first set of, I go. Ugh! <laughs> Yeah. And then I go, I go. Oh wait, do the three day rule. The three day rule that I function under, which is okay. My gut reaction is no. Second day, it's like, mm. and then like the third day is like, okay, let's see which ones <laughs> are the same that I actually have to yeah. fix, and then which ones are like totally out in left field that I can disregard. You know. <laughs> so by the third day, I'm like breathing. <laughs> Yes,
1: yes. I I have I have a similar rule of three, and that's if I get the same comment yeah. three or more times, yep. I probably should take it. Right. Yeah, I should probably listen. Right. Yeah, that's the same same rule, but it's it's uh, it's it's important. It's so important to 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 set the ego aside and mm-hmm. and and let other people. You don't always agree. No, and you're not obligated to take their notes. Right. But odds are, what they're saying is worth listening to Mm -hmm.
0: and maybe the way they're saying it isn't so isn't so clear so you have to really dissect that and go well what's really the underlining you know message here oh i I see so there needs to be a little bit more humor here you know in order for like the next thing to like play out okay i get it you know and focusing a scene perhaps
1: like that joke in that moment doesn't land
2: Mm -hmm.
1: or or trust your jokes let your jokes land don't don't telegraph them. Don't mm-hmm. oversell your jokes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's, you know, I'm, I'm also an editor and I'm editing this this film. And so it's a delicate balance too. And and you also have to have that nuance of holding for a laugh right. in your edit to allow the audience to laugh but not cause the film to be, be too right. slow. So it's, and that, that, that I think, that skill came to me through by doing theater. Because mm-hmm. I, I started doing theater eight or nine years old. Mm-hmm. And then I remember doing these bigger comedies in high school. Mm-hmm. And the director's like, you have to hold for laughter, but only as long as the laughter is active. When it starts to die down, you move. Right. You move back in.
0: Right, right, right. And that
1: was such a great thing. And you have to do that. You sort of have to guess mm-hmm. how long the audience is going to laugh in a film because mm-hmm. you're not editing it in front of them. Mm-hmm. But you have—it's that delicate balance of like they're laughing actively and then it starts to die, and that's when it needs to kick back in right. to the next line or whatever, whatever it might be.
0: Right. Now, all of your films have this little element of humor you know, throughout, how do you, <laughs> yeah. how do you deal with that when you're writing? What's your process on emphasizing that humor when you're creating the layout, the construct of your scripts within the storyline? Well, I
1: find in, in a, in a heavier dramatic scenario, you definitely have to have levity from time to time or the, the film just becomes depressing. Um, and so I, I do find that is, is, is important to have that levity, have self-deprecating humor within a character or something mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. nature. Um, I've always been a funny guy, if you will. And so I always, it's hard. I could never write a complete s- straight drama with no nothing. Mm-hmm. It just, it's not in my being, but uh, I do find that just those little tidbits of, of humor I tend to go on the more cerebral style humor, uh, uh, as opposed to the physical comedy. Mm-hmm. I, I certainly enjoy physical comedy, um, but I'm more on the cerebral, the play on words, mm-hmm. you know. But comedy, good comedy, is based on tragedy, mm-hmm. or, or the or the unexpected.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it's it's that's important. And comedy is is hard. It's mm-hmm. very difficult. Super hard. Uh, it's to the deliver hardest. It. It's it's to do it. Um, I have a very dry sense of humor. I will t- I will say a joke. With a complete straight face, and sometimes people think I'm serious,
0: uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: and 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 so it, it's it's a tough thing to do. But I do. I think my first and foremost love is is comedy I think it always
0: has been well let's talk about that because you have a comedy podcast so let's talk about how did that get uh, going how was that inspired because it's this crazy podcast called National Day riff or nation is it nation day rift or National Day rift
1: National day rift yeah, yeah
0: National day uh, riff. that yeah that that came from I used to text
1: friends. I, I would go to this website, National uh, Day Calendar, and they list all of the national days each day. And there are like 1,500 celebrations throughout the year. And some of them mm-hmm. are are obviously very well-known, our holidays and, and, and mm-hmm. things like that, and Arbor Day and, and, mm-hmm. and different things. But then there's all these obscure ones. There's I think it's in March, it's Lost Sock Memorial Day. <laughs> and we actually did we did an episode on that where a family gathers yearly in the backyard and a, and a and a minister presides over the lost sock memorial and they they pay tribute to the lost argyles and then they sang when your socks come marching home to the tune of when johnny comes marching oh um my gosh. so so we we do we did all those kinds of of spoofs we did a spoof on Christmas time Mm -hmm. uh, our take on a a Christmas classic but ours was called Rudy the Red Nose (laughs) Strange and and we took that basic story and made it R rated uh, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we just had fun with it and so it it came I I used to text my friends just a riff on Mm -hmm. all of the events that were in that day and I had this one person said she goes you need to do something with that you should do a blog and Mm -hmm. I'm like uh, that's a lot of work and, and like producing a yeah a, like a producing a podcast, yeah, a podcast isn't, isn't. right? <laughs> yes all the sound <laughs> right. design and i right, do all yeah. the sound design and all the mix right. but anyway that's where that came from
2: right
1: it was a lot of fun we haven't produced an episode in a while because we made this film and, uh-huh. and a lot of the people on the podcast were, worked on my my film poor paul but um i love doing it and i and we will we will come back to it we have i think 56 episodes released i believe Okay. Um, well, for those people that are
0: listening in, they should be tapping into that. National on Day. All it's, of the- it's
1: fun. Our, our, our episodes, our longest episode is 17, 18 minutes. They're not very mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. Some are very short. Some are 90 seconds. Some are three minutes. But we will riff on the days. We'll, we've done our holiday ones. Our first Christmas one was called A Christmas Carol. <laughs> and my take on Scrooge was a woman. And she mm-hmm. gets visited by the ghost of um, Christmas flashbacks the ghost of christmas uh right now and the gr- ghost of christmas next year or the year after <laughs> and, and and that christmas ghost was was clothing optional um and it's it's i mean it's the charles dickens story i i followed sure, the sure, narrative sure. but carol was an alcoholic bitch <laughs> and so and oh, uh, and in, in in her christmas future that was you know, bad. Mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. was run over by a Salvation Army truck, and she decides to change her ways <laughs> and decides to stop drinking for a week. Oh um, so, my gosh! Anyway, That's but, uh, no, super we, we funny. Had a, we had so much. Yeah, we had so much fun with it, doing all the different voices, and we we did a spoof on Groundhog Day.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Puck, Puck's Tony Phil is kidnapped and held for ransom.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so we just had fun. Uh, some of them are just random. They're also historically accurate. We, you know, I'm the host, and mm-hmm. I do tell about the truth history, but then we, then we have fun.
0: Right. Okay. And, that sounds uh, again, great.
1: <laughs> and just like films out there, it's promotion.
0: Well, see, there you go. You're promoting within, within. Yes. Thank you. Um, what is your two last questions? What's your advice on young filmmakers, writer, directors, hybrids that you are, what can you give them where listening they can go, aha, you know, that's a really great piece of wisdom
1: study study your craft i'm not a mm-hmm. fan of certain uh, uh, of all some of these film schools especially the non the, the, the little mom and pop ones if you will because uh, oftentimes those are taught by people that have never had any success in the business not to say the film school isn't a good thing and, and especially for a mm-hmm. cinematographer any of those those kind of technical but creative mm-hmm. positions that's very important mm-hmm. um as a director study photography and, and cinematography mm-hmm. know what the difference between a 50 millimeter and 100 millimeter lens is and why you use mm-hmm. them and and know those things because that's important you don't need to be a DP you don't you don't need mm-hmm. to be a DP but you should know what a DP does and why right. for, you know for example knowing that if you show a person in a room in a very very wide shot that makes that character vulnerable or, mm-hmm. or perhaps melancholy, or whatever emotion. Mm-hmm. But if you go in very tight, that's more intimate. Uh, you mm-hmm. shoot a villain from below to make them seem more anonymous, and the and the diminutive, the sub, sub, submissive character from above slightly. Just little little tricks, cinematic tricks that that you can do. Mm-hmm. But get on set. I I mm-hmm. was fortunate enough to work as a stand in for many many years. That was like paid film mm-hmm. school because you're working right, right with the director. I worked on feature film. I worked with Albert Brooks, who was brilliant I, oh. and i worked you know with various different directors and you learn by watching what they do because we just watching movies be be a cinephile that's fine but being on the set and seeing how it's done and and learning do short films don't think that you're going to suddenly direct a feature film with no experience right. you know i i was lucky enough that i had done quite a few shorts I had some music videos on MTV when they still showed music videos mm-hmm. and that led to my first my first feature and uh, right. but it was because I had done so much other work in the, you know there's nothing wrong with short films short films you you don't mm-hmm. do them to make a lot of money rarely do short films right. although I have right. had a short film get distribution um, but that, that's the luck of the draw but Right. Do, do the festival circuit with shorts and network and learn from other filmmakers, but surround yourself with people that know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Don't hire your friends unless they know what you're doing. I can't tell you how many times I, I've dealt with, with these first-time filmmakers or you know with minimal experience, and they're surrounding themselves with all their friends but the fans have no business being on a set.
0: Right, they have no idea what's going on.
1: This is a craft. Everybody thinks they can be an actor. They don't realize how, like you were saying, how, how much work it takes to become an actor and to study mm-hmm. your craft. I mean, I've studied mm-hmm. acting and, and, and the, oh, and that's another, another good point for up and coming director. Take an acting class, take a yeah. several of them. Not to become a better yeah. actor, but to know how to talk to an actor
2: Mm -hmm. because
1: there's a lot of directors out there that don't have any clue how to talk to actors and and and, or they're afraid they're afraid and mm -hmm. i have been told by many actors they like the fact that i talk in their lingo and i look at it i look at it from from that
0: standpoint yeah and you're able to draw out you're able to draw out that the the best in that actor the best in the character that they're portraying
1: perform you, you know performance is so much more important to me than 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 anything else i don't care about explosions and 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 amazing mm-hmm. uh, uh steady cam shots i want good right. performance that's
0: important to me. right good last question is what's a dirty little secret that you wish somebody had told you uh that you've learned along your travels oh that's a tough
1: one knowing which battles to fight and which ones to let go and and knowing knowing that mm-hmm. sometimes you're not going to win but be clever mm-hmm. about it and and if you give if you concede on one thing you're going to get something else that you want but but being overly stubborn and sticking to your guns is important to some degree but don't push it so far that then you know, you, you end up not getting anything um, like, it's tough. It's you have to bite your tongue now and again, I'm, and I'm I'm not very good at it. I tend to just speak my mind, and so uh, me, you know. me,
0: me neither. <laughs> me neither. I, uh, I, I just need my can, own. We can mute. do an hour just on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just need a mute button on myself. Just. a like,
0: Exactly. Right. Right. Yes. inside yes. voice, inside voice, outside voice, inside. Oops, yes. that was my inside voice. <laughs> Damn, Thank you exactly. so much for coming on Best in Fest. Um, for all you. those that want to see the video component of this, go on to the La Femme Film Festival YouTube channel and you can see the video component of this podcast. We are on all the platforms. Don't forget to rate us on your favorite uh, podcast platform. Are there any socials you want to shout out? Sean, to us and all those listening in.
1: You can find me Facebook and Instagram at Sean Michael Byer or uh, my podcast at National Day Riff across the board on all the the platforms and uh, look look for my film Poor Paul at some point when we're when we're ready to release it not yet yet
0: absolutely i'll have you come on and we can do an extensive <laughs> extensive extensive <laughs> just on that yeah absolutely you are welcome to come back anytime thank you so much to our wonderful guest sean michael byer for you. joining us on best and fast so long and have a great filmmaking day